0: Um, Seb, I was born in France, I'm married to an Italian wife, uh, we have three kids, and we've been seven years in Scotland, so you may have a weird accent, uh, that guy is French, but he says word in English, doesn't sound English, that sounds Scottish, or Scottish. So <laughs> I'll try my best to pronounce, and if you don't understand me, well, yeah, that's your fault, you should speak French, um, especially on a topic like that, I mean, I had uh, a couple of big questions given uh, gave by, uh, by my brother. And uh, this one is a big one for me because I'm French. If, nothing, if you know nothing about France, we are a secular country for many, many decades now. So trusting the Bible, you grew up with that. You grew up with, now we don't trust the Bible. All of that is the just rubbish. We don't trust. Uh, we don't believe. It's full of myths and stuff like that. Uh, we don't want to believe that. So you grew up like that. And uh, as a Christian, you have basically to fight every class of philosophy, for instance. A <laughs> uh, nice topic that you don't have to go, but we have to for two years. That's long, two years. Um, and basically, you know science and faith? Science comes from reason. And guess who invented that? <laughs> the French. <Woo-hoo! laughs> Big up, French people. So I think I'm the right guy to talk about trusting the Bible this morning, at least I hope. I have another problem with that topic, or that question. Um, I can talk for hours. I mean, when Jay said you have 25 minutes, <laughs> 25 minutes to talk about the Bible, no, it's not gonna work. So I'm gonna do my best. I had to select, okay. So don't come with, or oh, I know what he's gonna say. Oh, I never talked about that. Well, I had to make choices, okay. So don't throw the tomatoes under your chairs yet. Just Trust me on that one. Um, So, can we trust the Bible? Now, as a French person, English, my second language, uh, I have to understand some stuff here. What do we mean by trust? And what is the Bible? Uh, Do I agree with that? Now, what is the Bible? We're going to spend a bit of time on that, because I want to make sure, and that's one of my biggest challenge when I share the Bible with someone who doesn't know the Bible. I have to correct every (laughs) <laughs> mistakes, heresies that they believe about the Bible. And say, where do you get that? Oh, internet. I say, wrong answer. Go and read the Bible. Because the Bible is you know, answering a lot of questions by itself. I never read the Bible. But I could, how can you criticize the Bible? See, that's where we are. So we're going to spend a bit of time on the Bible. But that word here, trust, that is something we need to talk and we need to agree. Trust according to the Bible it's probably not that word that sh- I should use. It's another one. It's faith. I can go for hours and hours and hours giving you, you know, elements of truth about the Bible, you know, facts, scientific, not scientific ones. I can give you a lot of things. At the end of the day, you will not be able to trust the Bible because you need faith. Actually, the Bible itself is saying that Hebrews 11, you know, the long chapter about faith. One of the faith is blah, 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 blah. One of the first one is about faith, is about believing that God created Earth. So we need to have faith to understand who God is. You with me on that? Good. Three kind of little sentences I place here, just to make sure that we are together. The Bible is just an old religious text. Now, two. Because it's old, we can trust it. And because it's religious, we can trust it. That's something we can hear today. Uh, I am glad that I've never been um, choosing some scientific kind of conversation like Genesis and science and things like that. I won't go that route, but if you have questions, I'm happy to answer some of them or sensitive to answer them. Um, Second things we can see, the Bible who wrote it can be trusted. Okay, they are human beings, so how could you say this is God's words? Well, actually, someone wrote it. So who is that guy? Can we trust him? Did he ever exist? Is that someone or is that just a dream? Who did that? And there's many things here. Now, I am French, Okay, so you need to bear with my culture as well. I'm not going to give you a lovey-dovey talk about the Bible. I am going to be honest with you. Okay? I'm going to give you what I believe about the Bible, but what I believe could be surprising to you. That's where you need to throw me through the window. Maybe, I don't know. (laughs) The copying process is flawed. That is a very interesting one because not a lot of people, including Christians, understand that. Unless you've been to seminaries or Bible college and there are good ones, because even that is not guaranteed. But if there are good ones, you've been taught through that and so you know the copying system of the Old Testament, which is different from the New Testament. You know all of that. And therefore, you understand that you can trust these texts. When I asked this question, you know, you, you have a topic to work on and you start to think about that. And I was starting to think about what well, I'm going to say to you guys. And I had words popping in my mind. So these are the words that I've um, selected for you this morning. Ta ta. Mm-hmm. Canon. Do you know what I mean by that? I will explain it, but you, canon of the Bible, the way they put it together or selected the books of the Bible, Old and New Testament. Why am I talking about that? Well, because a lot of people criticize that, basically, to say, well, who decided to have this kind of gospel and not this kind of gospel? That, that's a huge like open door to everything. Inherency, it's a weird word that you should recognize, the middle one, like error. Okay, the inerrancy is like the Bible has no error whatsoever. The Bible is perfect. Well, I can just you know throw something here, maybe a bomb to you. Your English Bible is not. My French Bible is not. It's full of mystics. I will come back to that. Okay, <laughs> don't slap me yet. Reliable. Reliable, yeah, that's the pastor. What are you doing? I'm trying to build a church here. Reliable, well, that's the thing. Reliable, uh, the short answer is yes. Now the long one is still yes. But maybe we're going to go through different kind of things here. Um, I have something to say here with what I say with faith. I say if you want to prove to someone, well, first that's the wrong thing to do. You can't prove anything. Okay, Someone in the Trinity is supposed to do the job for you. That person is the Holy Spirit. So if you try to convince something about the Bible, well, pray. Pray harder. Because the Spirit of God is going to do that for you. Which is good. This is not on our shoulder. We are not responsible to convince people. We are just responsible to leave out the Gospel. Right? <laughs> Language and translations, that's a biggie. Uh, because. Nobody, I think, in this room. Maybe I'm wrong. Who speaks Hebrews from that time? Thank you very much. Greek from that time? Thank you very much. Therefore, we do have an issue. How do you know that the guys who translated the Bible, all the books of the Bible, how do you know they've done their job right? Well, we know. (laughs) A lot of mistakes. But, but not the kind of mistake you are thinking already in your brain okay so bear with me inspiration that's also a big one now just saying that I know I'm not going to do that in 25 minutes guys so just okay inspiration it's all about god now when i say that and i can quote a lot of you know text about that from the bible itself saying this is the word of god inspired breath out word of god i can share verses but it's not going to help you to believe what is going to, be, to help you to believe that God inspired the word of God, his word, is faith. So I can say that to you. I can give you the verses. You can go around and read the Bible for yourself. But if you want to believe that, you need to deal that question with God himself. Ask him, OK, are you the one who inspired the Bible? I want an answer. And let him speak. Now, just a little short answer. If it wasn't the case, we will not be here today. You know, that church won't exist. Christianity would have not survived all the persecutions, all the wars and everything. So you have a little bit of answer here. Authority, that's again a very, very interesting one because I don't know your context, you know, your your background. But if you're a Catholic or Orthodox, or if you grew up in a Protestant Reform or whatever the you know where you're from or another religion. That thing here needs to be clarified. When we talk about the Word of God, we are generally agreeing that this is the authority because it has been inspired by God. Okay? Now, within the Bible and authority, you have tradition, reason, experience, all these. If there is some Methodists here, or if you read John Wesley, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but I will, to, <laughs> I will try to go back here. Can we trust the Bible? I wanted to throw to you some backgrounds, elements, Okay. The next slide, you see that we call the Bible Two Testament. Now, you do know what is a testament. Hopefully, you're not writing yours now. You are waiting a bit. But you do know what a testament here. You're telling a story of something, or you are mentioning some things about you. Okay. So here we have the Old Testament. I prefer to say First Testament. Because when you say old and new, in our modern brain, we squeeze the old one in forgotten, you know, forbidden world. We, we don't even think about that. The new one is the one. Well, if you try first and second, you understand that to read the second, you probably need the first one. OK? That's just a simple, basic rule of hermeneutics, understanding and studying the Bible. OK? So 66 books. Hence, the term tabiblia, which means the books, okay, all together. It's a library, which means it's even more complicated to defend the book, because it's not just one, it's 66. Actually, it's not 66. That's a Western, Westerner understanding of the Bible, but I will come back to that. It's a story to meet someone. Old Testament and New Testament—it's it's it's a big story, okay—to meet someone, to meet God, okay. God in the Old Testament, and then we have another name after in the New Testament. We realize actually that God that I was supposed to meet in the Old, His name Jesus, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. In the fourth century, you have a guy John um, Chrysostom, maybe you say that like that. He started to defend the Bible as a whole and to mention the Bible as a whole and to criticize the church saying, guys, you don't do a great job here. He was a fierce preacher, loved the Word of God, but when he was mentioning the Word of God, he was talking about the Bible as a whole. Okay, Just say the name like that. New Testament refers to Old Testament as scriptures. Um, It's dangerous to say that because when we read that verse, for instance, in 2 Timothy 3.16, it's not 15, it's 16. It's a mistake. Um, we tend to believe this is the entirety, the whole of the Bible that has been inspired according to that verse. Well, that, that verse is read in the New Testament. So either you believe it's prophetic and it's thinking about the Two Testament or you believe it's just the Old Testament. But usually when you read Scripture in the New Testament, it's only about the Old One. Oh, it's so confusing. What am I getting there? And I know it's confusing, but we need to be honest with the people asking questions, because they will say that to you. They say, yeah, but scripture in the New Testament, if they are clever and they go and read some stuff, that's the kind of stuff they will come with. Okay? We keep going with that. There's another thing we need to understand, which is very important for us as Christians. We do not have the same Old Testament. I'm going to say that this way. I'm going to be killed before I'm starting. We have a different Old Testament for the Jewish one, different order of books. It's the same Old Testament, but it's then the same orders of books, okay? In the Jewish, they have only 24 books, okay? If you count the words, we have the exact same amount of words, okay? It's just they don't put that together in the same way. They have Chronicles, they don't have one and two Chronicles. They have Samuel, they don't have one and two Kings, the same. And the order is different, which is a shame because when Jesus speaks about the Old Testament and basically clothes Himself the canon of the Old Testament, because our order is different, we don't understand what He's talking about. Okay, I'll, I'll come back to that later. This is our way to do things, 39 books in the Old Testament. The New Testament, something that we maybe know better. We have books like the Gospels, we have Acts, we have letters, and we have a weird one at the end. That nobody reads, Jenny speaking in churches, okay? We just like the, the name Revelation, yeah. And after the third chapter, we are like, eh, hey, no, we stop here. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough. So, that is the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Okay, episodes means just later, just a uh, technical thing. So, now you are, we agree, 66 book, and you do have the question, but how did we get there? Who decided that? Because if I want to trust the book, I need to know what is in the book. Okay, So who decided that? And I will say, pretty much straightforwardly to, to, to you, Old Testament, it's almost a given. Well, they, ha- they, they had a lot of debate, and I, w- I will share that. But it's almost a given. Everybody, Jewish, Christians, even Muslims, they pretty much agree on the structure of the Old Testament. They don't really challenge that. New Testament? Oh, that's another one. Okay, they like to criticize the New Testament. So in the Old Testament, um, you will see later. I'm going to talk about internal test about the text, external test about the text, and eyewitnesses test. So this kind of idea in the Old Testament, you have this text here that we go, we won't go through, and others that clearly mention. That is the Old Testament. This is, you know, what we want to do. So, in Exodus, you have Chronicles as well, which is at the end of the Jewish Old Testament. So, you have mentions of details and things like that, and you understand, oh, this is, this is the Old Testament. So, what I'm saying is the Old Testament is preaching, promoting itself in the book, which is basically a rule in the Bible. If you want to challenge the Bible, the first book you need to go is the Bible. Because there's probably an answer to your challenge inside the Bible itself. okay? Samuel then continued this tradition. You know, after the the law given to the people of God, when they come to the kings, just before the king, Samuel, he will challenge and explain what is the law. And by the time of Christ, and I need to explain that term with you, Judaism as a whole accepted the Old Testament. So by the time of Jesus, everybody accepted that Old Testament, the one we have today. Not the same order, but the one we have today. So if today you have someone saying, I think there's some, you know, we can't trust the Old Testament, that guy needs to read the history. Because at that time of Christ, you don't talk about Christians, but they already accepted the Old Testament. Okay? Further in time, they have did other um, research that have proved that to be true as well. But at that time, they knew the Old Testament is that. Now, there's just something I want to share here. Judaism, because Judaism is also in your Bible, well, mine as well. Okay, Paul talked about Judaism. The issue is, here, I'm talking about a cultural, historical, it's basically the Jewish writings when I mention Judaism. In the Bible, when Paul talks about Judaism, it's more about politics. There's nothing to do with the Bible and the writings. I make the difference because, again, people always challenge that with the writings of Paul. Um, I may be losing you here, but that's the Old Testament. Then we go to the... Uh, but no, we can't go to the New Testament because there is other books before. Okay, And I'm talking about them because if you're from a Protestant background, which means you're from the Reformed and this kind of background, you don't know these books necessarily, Apocrypha. But they are not accepted in our canon, but they are accepted in the Catholic, Roman Catholic canon. Orthodox, they change their mind, so we don't really know. You are 14, or sometimes 12. It depends where you, you stand as well. The only thing I can say here is, um, throwing all this book in the, in the bin, in the rubbish, It's not necessarily a good idea. Because if you want to understand the 400 years between the two Testaments, the Old and the New, these ones, for instance, First and Second Maccabee, they're not inspired, they're not in the canon, but they are full of details, historical details, and that will help you to understand what happened, you know, the the revolt of the Maccabees. If you don't, that is crucial to understand the culture of Jesus, when Jesus arrived in that time in history to understand the high priest, to understand the, the temple, how that works. But you, have, you remember the story when Jesus entered the temple and there's a lot of people selling stuff and dealing, you know... Before the 400 years of break, that will never happen. Never. But between these 400 years, there's so much corruption, including into, you know, the high priest at Jesus' time. He's not anymore from Aaron's lineage. Because he's paid by the Roman to do that job. So it's not anymore from Roman. How do I know that? Well, because of these kind of books. So you do have a lot of information. However, they are not inspired. So you need to take them as they are. I just have four minutes left. (laughs) 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 Um, The Canon of the New Testament, you can read that for you. You don't need anything here from me. Uh, But it's just important to see how it works. But I really want to talk about something that I love when I study the Bible, when I try to understand the Bible, is the transmission uh, of the Bible. How did that work? Okay? How did that work? What was the test? And if you are a scholar, maybe here there's a scholar about, you know, books and old books. Anybody? Done studies, you know, seminaries, masters, Ph.Ds in studying old manuscripts? No? So that would be the three tests of many, but the, the main test about, OK, what is that book? So you need to, to search for eyewitnesses. So if in the book someone is called Seb, well, you would like to find someone who has seen Seb. So if you find someone who has seen Seb, you can say, OK, do you know a guy named Seb who came in Birmingham and did something about the Bible? If the answer is yes, I had. so I know that guy existed. I don't I can't verify the content of what he said, but at least I know he was alive at that time. Okay, very important. You will see later why. Internal test is about within the Bible. Can we prove something within the Bible? And yes, we can. I talked about um, Jesus in Luke 24 when he's uh walking in the uh, the road of Emmaus with the two guys—he shares something. You know, he said, "Well, everything that is written about me, you know, is written in the Law, the Prophets, and the Writings." But if you go back—not now—but if you go back the slides, that is the order of the books of the Jewish, you know, Old Testament. In Matthew 23, Jesus again is saying, "Well, you know what? Everything is writing about me." And we know that because the first murder, Cain, which was written in Genesis, the law, and the last murder, Zechariah, who is written in 2 Chronicles. So Jesus is saying, that's the revelation about me. But that's the canon of the Old Testament. So here's my proof, internal test. If I want to know if the canon is real, Jesus himself said about the canon. He taught about the canon. External test, is where we can spend a lot, a lot of time. You can switch probably the two next, three next slides if you want. Um, you have one before that, no? Yes, thank you. Um, so, external test of the Old Testament, it's easy because everything that is old, well, you just need to go and find archaeologists and say, Do you know something about the Bible? You know, go to the British Museum. You know, you will find a lot of things about the Bible or the Old Testaments. And you know what I'm talking about. You know, Dead scroll, um, Sea Scrolls, um, all these kind of things. So a lot of dates, a lot of things here. But before we get there, I want to talk about copying. okay? Because if you want to trust the Bible, uh, today it's easy. You write something, it's in the cloud, and that's going to stay in the cloud unless There's a big war, IT war, and everything's going to disappear, which probably could happen. Uh, But at that time, there's no cloud. The main reason you transmit things to one another, or the main mean, it's oral. You talk to people. So their way of talking and their way of listening, particularly, is completely different with ours. Some of you are already sleeping. Eyes open, but I know you sleep. That's fine, because we don't listen as they were listening. Because listening for them at that time or telling stories at that time, that was crucial to get there, to get the message and that the message would be copied. But in the Bible, we have some people called scribes. These guys were doing something amazing. Their job from young age to their death was to copy the Bible, Old Testament mainly. And the copying process, it's never been equal in the world, ever. It's just craziness, okay? So it scrolls. So imagine big scrolls, bigger than me. Big scrolls. You roll the scrolls, and you start to write. You know, this way, it's not the same way in Hebrew. So you start to write. You write, you write, you have the other scroll that is already done in front of you, and you copy. And you copy, and you copy. Beside you, someone that is verifying, verifying. Beside him, another one, and another one, and another one. At the end, When the scroll is done, they verify again. How? Page by page or section by section, they will count the words line by line. If there is one mistake, they burn the scroll entirely. One mistake. But Seb, you told us that there is many mistakes. Well, stay with me, okay? So when the scroll is finished and is done, they will keep one and bury it under the synagogue that they are working, and they will keep another one to use it. And when they feel, ooh, you know, that one needs to be upgraded or to do something here, they will start to copy another one and another one. And they do that all the time. So the Jewish copying system is just amazing. It's just amazing because that was their job. And they mixed the job to faith. That's why they were burning the scroll if it were a mistake. Because for them, they were dis- um, disrespecting God. It wasn't respectful for God, so they had to burn it and to start again all over. So it's a long process. You have the next slide, you have a lot of discovery, uh, particularly in the last century about the Bible, the Old Testament, 25,000 sites. But the last, the next, sorry, slide on the Old Testament, you maybe have heard about that term here, Masoretic text. It's basically the Jewish people. The rabbis, sixth century after Christ to the tenth, they said we know the canon exists, but we want to verify again, and we want to add. I know you know the Pharisees at, at Jesus' time; they added a lot. They added a lot of laws, so they wanted to put that all together and to verify. So even they knew the copying system; they have been for four centuries going back to the Old test and trying to understand and maybe correcting some stuff or maybe adding some errors. That's my point of view. But they've done the job. So that was 6th to 10th century. In 1947, Dead Dead Sea Scrolls, where you have many, many, many fragments of text. And they compare this text with that work here. And at that time, ta-da! Those who weren't believers started to ask big questions, because that was just astonishing. How, how can it be? That's not possible. That amount of work, that amount of letter, and this is just the same copy. How that happened? Well, the next slide will help us to understand that. When they were burying their scrolls, or then papyrus, or then leather, they were putting that in this time capsule to make sure that that will survive time. OK, now I need to maybe break. Uh, utopia about the Bible here. Um, there's not full, original scrolls of the Bible, original like the one Moses wrote. We don't have it. Even in the Gospels, we don't have it. We have copy of that. That's why I'm spending time to talk about the copying process. It's really important. Um, why? Why, I said, well, I'll come to that. All right. The New Testament, because that's the problem. New Testament is not in Hebrew. New Testament wasn't, you know, liked by the Pharisees or the the scribes. So how do you do that? New Testament is in Greek. Okay, so what happened here? Well, New Testament, you have the eyewitnesses or internal test. I talked about Jesus, but he's not the only one. Some guy called Luke. Do you know Luke in the New Testament? Do you know that, Luke? I know you don't know that because often when I ask the question, who wrote the most in the New Testament? And everybody's like, Paul. Wrong answer. It's Luke. If you count the numbers of words, Luke, he's the one who wrote the most in the New Testament with only two books. And that guy, methodology, was amazing. He's a doctor, historian. He just wants to make sure that everything is real. So he was going and basically investigated a lot of things to make sure that what he was saying was in accordance to what he was finding. So when he says, I found that lady, or I found that place, and he's writing like, you know when he talk about genealogy and things like that? He's mentioning the name of the Romans that were in charge of that and everything. It's really detailed, and and you can compare them with other historical texts like Josephus. Have you heard of that guy? Josephus wrote a lot. Historian, Jewish, not a Christian, yet he said a lot of things about Jesus. Okay. I move on fast. You can, yeah, you can switch. Go go go! I will tell you. There's a um, white, white shot, something like that. You can go to that. Yeah yeah uh, this this one so until now all the slides you have it's a lot of information to get to there okay but I'm conscious that I'm rubbish at the time but I've heard you're not good as well so I'm fine uh, not me they they told uh, uh, they said to me you have been as worst as 16 minutes so I'm okay that that stuff changed my life yeah. that thing here just changed my life. And you know what? Nobody, including a lot of Christians, are aware of that. Because if you want to trust a text, I told you, we don't have the originals. We don't have them. Nobody so far. We don't have them. We have copies, Okay. Now, if you know these kind of guys, Caesar, for instance, we have 10 copies of his book or treaty or whatever, something that talk about him. You trust that Caesar existed? Right, right, yeah. 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 Everybody, all the movies, all you know, Roman Empire equals Caesar in your in your head. Uh, but we only have ten copies, and when we say copies, it's not even whole copies. It could be just part of the copy of the book talking about him. Okay, Plato. Well, I know him because I'm French and because of, you know philosophy. Seven copies. And yet, you have Nietzsche's, for instance. He built all his thinking about this kind of guy. Just seven copies. How do you even know that, you know, (laughs) when that's been written? How are you sure that this is from Plato with seven copies? Homer, which is a fictive story. Interesting. 643. Are we sure that existed? Well, no, that's fictive. But the book probably existed somewhere. New Testament. Do I need to read the, the, the number? Yeah. Do read, I mean, do you see that? Because for me, it's, you can't even compare. It's like, well, you have something that is maybe. That, that section here, it's maybe. But 25,000? Well, sure. That's the difference between maybe and sure. Okay? Now, you, you can't compete. 25,000 fragments of the New Testament some of them entirely, some of them not, but that's astonishing. But that's not finished. The second column is even more astonishing. Because I told you, the way they were reading and making sure that the book existed, they wanted to find the earliest copy possible. okay? And the earliest copy possible of Caesar, it's almost a thousand years. Um, how can we be sure then? A thousand years between the first book of Caesar, while he was probably alive, to the copy we found. There's a thousand, a millennium. It's not the Falcon one, but a millennium. It's good. He knows Star Wars, you don't. <laughs> Plato, the same. Homer, 400. Oh yeah, man, is pretty much you know, certain. It's pretty much certain compared to 900 years. Now look at the Gospel. What well, the New Testament now, even here, you have a lot of debate with scholars, but the, the earliest is 114 after Jesus. So basically, you're not far from John. Whether you, you believe in John's death, if it's 80 or 90 or whatever, but you're not far. You're just, you know, even not a lifetime. It's just your son. It's not your great, 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 great son. It's your son who could have, you know, take that letter and copy the letter. So how on earth you you, you, you can affirm or uh, trust the gospel facts, and you know what, not from Christians. Amazing, they're working for us. No, just <laughs> okay, so we can move on, and I will stop on the last slide. I promise, because I can't go further than that. That also changed my life, because once imagine here autograph is mainly it's the book. Like the letter of Romans, for instance. Okay, you have the letter to the Roman church. That is that stuff here. That letter in the life of the guy who wrote the letter. Paul? Yeah? Okay, good. So in his life, probably a couple of copies that he himself could have been doing or could have been reading again or verifying or whatever. But then at some point, there is a split within the, the copies. Because you have a southern, you know, Constantinople, Istanbul today, Turkey. So you have that kind of uh, empire, and then you have the, uh, I, I said a mistake. That's the northern, and then you have the southern, which is Egypt with um, Alexandria and anything like that. So they started to copy the books, okay, separately without knowing what the others were doing. Same books, Roman still, but then when they found fragments. They had some stuff that we call, some people we say, luck. I'll say divine appointment. They found a copy from that world here and another copy from that world. They say this is amazing. We are going to compare to find the mistakes. 99%. 99%. Now, if you're a purist, you say, yeah, we Christian, we want 100%. Well, men and women did the job. Okay, You can't expect 100%. But 99%, that's, that's killing everything in the, in the world of coping, Everything. If they have 40%, they're happy. 40% of exact coping, they're happy. 99%. What, why I should I ask the question if we can trust the Bible or not? As a book, there's not even a question. Now, not a lot of people know these kind of things. And that's our responsibility. This is your responsibility to dig the question. You don't need to believe me. I may have said rubbish stuff here. So you don't need to believe me, but you go and dig the question. My heart has always been regarding the Bible to give to people the right cards in their hands. I was sharing with uh, Chris earlier on that once in my, um, uh, I was sharing some gospel stories with non-Christian young people And one of them came to me and said, well, Jesus never existed anyway. So how do you know that? How do you come to that conclusion? He said, well, because he was born in Nazareth, right? And Nazareth does not exist at the time of Jesus. Now you have a time of saying, "Okay, well, he wasn't born in Nazareth first. He was born in Bethlehem, but that's fine. But even the Nazareth never existed. Where did you get that? Because that's not true. Josephus, all the guys. That is not true at all. Well, the Internet told me that. So Jesus never existed. Well, you have here elements to say, yes, you can trust what the Bible. that the Bible is a book that is full of truth. Um, I'm going to stop here. If you have questions about inerrancy and authority, I'm more than happy to answer them, but I won't go there for time's sake, because I want to beat jazz. And I'm not at 16 minutes, so. (laughs) 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 I just want to say something in finishing. As I started, and I talked about, I could be, I'm not the best preacher ever. I'm not the best scholar ever on that topic. I mean, you go read John Lennox, um, it's not the same world. He's a multi PhD, whatever. But what I want to say is, it's all about faith. Whatever you share with someone, it's all about faith. And it's a spiritual warfare thing. Okay, If you want to trust the Bible, one of the simplest answers I can give you is, I'm right in front of you, and I claim to be a Christian. That is the best answer I can give you about, can we trust the Bible? I'm here, as a Christian. That is the best answer I can give you.